demanded an urgent and horrifying news story. Now, I don't know if this is the kind of hard-hitting news you're used to. Got some good news and I got some bad news. Now this could be the big story of the summer. Network is going to be wanting plenty of coverage. What do you mean silly? I mean, that, that's real news. Top stories of the day. I got a couple. Angel, but how about last night? Creighton going up against UConn. And before this game, Creighton had lost all six of its previous meetings with the number one ranked teams and never coming closer to 10 points. But Creighton found a way to get it done. They broke through on their seventh try. And they built they beat the Yukon Huskies 85 to 66. Wacky. And that's huge for Colorado State. They're in. The Rams are in. They're going dancing now. I mean, I get the only way they wouldn't go in is if they lost the remaining games. What do they have? Five games left? I would imagine that means they're in. So Creighton did what they they had to do. That only looks better for the Colorado State. Rams. Um, in other news on that parade shooting, Missouri prosecutors said yesterday that two adults have been charged with murder in last week's mass shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others near the end of the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Uh, Lindell Mays of Raytown, Missouri and Dominic Miller of Kansas City, Missouri are both charged with second-degree murder, two counts of armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. According to court documents, the two men were strangers who pulled out guns and began firing within seconds of starting an argument. Both men were shot, and they've been hospitalized since the shooting, Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters Baker said during a news conference. Um, They're each being held on a $1 million bond. Apparently, the argument began when two groups of people grew agitated over the belief that people in the other group were staring at them, according to affidavits from police. Surveillance video shows Mays and someone with him aggressively approached the other group, police say. The video showed Mays was the first to begin shooting despite being surrounded by crowds of people, including children, according to one of the Affidavit. So, Angel, it's this wasn't a calculated plan to go hurt people at the parade. It sounds like this was, as we saw at the beginning of this, when one of the reports first came out, this was an altercation between two groups, apparently. Call them what you want. But is this gang-related violence? Is that what this is, do you think? Or is this two I guys mean, who just happen to have guns, they got mad at each other, and the first thought was, let's pull out a gun. So it's not really a normal reaction. No, I think it's one of those two. Obviously, gang has a lot of very negative you know, connotation to it, but it, that's just the technical legal word we have to use. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but to speaking to a greater narrative, this wasn't some plot to right. ruin people's lives or anything. Right. I mean, so, again, how do you say that there's any... Do you think the fear has subsided a bit, you know, when people are talking about, should we not have parades? Should we not go to these big outings and stuff? And again, I know we've had a lot of these happen over the years. Um, but do you think that that will alleviate some of the fear going forward, knowing, hey, this was not a calculated attack on a giant pe- a group of people. This was maybe gang related, two guys in a dispute, just didn't care about who was surrounding them and, and obviously acted 
the worst way you could possibly act. I mean, it's possible. It's up to any one individual to make that decision, but uh, maybe there's a way we can alter it. Like, we can have a parade, but the parade doesn't end at City Hall. It ends at the stadium, and the stadium has security, and you do a little celebration in your own arena or in your own stadium where it's more protected, more it's it's on you to do that, and you can obviously limit the number of people that are there, Right. but you can still do the parades and all of that. Like, it. it Obviously, like the parade is one thing because it's, it's moving and it's like, okay, you saw it for two minutes and then you can go on about your day. It's at the end when all of these people are gathered in one place to hear all these speeches. You could do the same thing at your stadium. Well, what happened with the Nuggets parade? Wasn't there a shooting uh, last year too? That was hap- that happened the night they won. Okay. So that was when everybody was out on the streets. And there was something stuff. bad happened yeah, then. So that wasn't like a... That was kind of an impromptu, we're all going to go celebrate in downtown Denver, and that just happened. Hmm. Um, I got some football news here. Hard to transition from that, but, you know, um, sounds like they got him. Figured out what it was all about. There you go. Antonio Pierce says his Las Vegas Raiders will be channeling the bad boy Detroit Pistons when they play Patrick Mahomes um, as long as he is the Las Vegas head coach. Max Crosby was on a podcast, The Rush. Um, Or no, it was Max Crosby's podcast, actually. Pierce was on it. Everybody's got a podcast now, Angel. uh, Pierce discussed how he got his team ready to play the Chiefs before they pulled off their 20-14 Christmas Day win in Kansas City. He said, we got the Jordan rules, and... Uh, and what I'm calling from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s, before he became Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his butt anytime he came to the hole. Elbows, uh, love taps, all of it. We we got after him. We're, now we're in the head mentally, physically, and emotionally, spiritually. So that's what they're going to do to Patrick Mahomes, Angel. What do you think about that mindset? You're going to have a lot of penalties because they're going to protect him, especially if you come out and say it. Now it's out there in the world. You don't think that the NFL is now going to pay closer attention to the Raiders-Chiefs games now, knowing that Pierce said, we're going to treat Mahomes like the Pistons treated Michael Jordan. The difference is quarterbacks are treated, even basketball players now are treated much differently Thirty years compared to 30 years ago. You're not roughing up quarterbacks, man. You can hit them hard, but you might have a 15-yard penalty coming at you. Yeah, I think it's maybe more, you know, Max Crosby, something I learned when watching Hard Knocks is Max Crosby is a defender that even if he doesn't sack you, he's going to bump you or do something just to mess with you on every single play. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's in your head. Like the Dolphins had to practice that when they played the Raiders where they'd have a scout team guy and say, hey, just go hit Tua after every play. Just go tap him on the shoulder or go bump into him. And it's it's it, 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 it's something you have to almost practice for, and you know you're not going to be you know gut punching Patrick Mahomes in the dog pile. Yeah, but, right, right. You know, you know who knows what goes on down. Well, there. and also letting them know, hey, I I got close. Your line's not keeping me from getting to you. Yep. You got rid of it quickly. I'll give you that, but just know that your line's not keeping up. So that kind of puts ghosts in the head sometimes. They're seeing ghosts out there. That's how you make them do that. So I get what they're saying. I'll just be curious to see if the refs watch that one a little closer. Take oh, care mean, of their any Chiefs. Chink in the armor of Patrick Mahomes you can find. You you got to take it. Uh, Max Crosby said they asked him like he he said there are certain quarterbacks in the NFL that are the B words. He didn't list who they were, 
Female dogs? Mm-hmm. But he was asked, um, which quarterback makes the weirdest sound when you sack him? Mm. Any guesses as to who he said? Who's a weird quarterback? Josh that, Allen. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Is he a good quarterback? Mm, he was. He was? Mm-hmm. Is he Flacco? Mm-mm. Purdy? Mm-mm. Wilson? Yeah. Ah. Well, Russ. Russ, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Zach Wilson. No. Max said he, he hits him, and he's like, you almost feel bad. Because when he goes down, it's just kind of a, uh. <laughs> That was the noise he made. Oh. So it's like you hit him, and, and Russ doesn't show really any emotion. He just kind of he just kind of looks up at you with those eyes like, huh, you do that? this hurt. So Max is like, I really honestly feel bad going after him. That's not cool, bro. Like, our quarterback. Well, I mean, Andrew yeah. Luck used to, like, congratulate the dudes that would hit him. Which I like. That mess, That's a mental thing, too. Maybe Russ is a mental thing. Russ, I just feel like, is just, eh. I mean, I could see a quarterback <laughs> making those noises to try to. To make him feel bad? Yeah. Guilt trip him a little bit. I don't bit. know. Those guys ah, are you're so. You're hurting me, Max. Just don't hit me that hard. Those guys oh. are so violent when they get out on the field. I don't know if that that will, or if it's more like there's blood in the water, man. This guy, he's a sad little puppy. We're going after him. But with luck, it was just like over the top. Like, hey, good hit, man. That was awesome. You, you know, practice that one. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I like Philip Rivers. I like. I mean, I didn't like him at the time, but his trash talk was fascinating to me. Well, I mean, when you have an accent like that, you have to, you got to use it. What was the, the video? It's a viral video. It's like. He throws a deep pass, or maybe it was a penalty, and he's walking by a lineman, a defensive lineman, and he starts, he goes, yeah! And the guy goes, dude, don't scream in my ear like that. And he goes, I will scream in your ear. I will scream in your ear. I, I love that. And then he didn't cuss at all. You know, he would just, he would trash talk, but there were no cursing in that trash talk. Strange guy. Yeah. He, Rivers. Strange dude, for sure. Uh, heck of a quarterback. Just never... I mean, he was sure, good. Yeah, he was good, but I never saw him as like a great quarterback. He was—he'll he, forever be in the tier two world. And I have changed my opinion on this because I used to argue with Tanner about who should be in the Hall of Fame, Philip Rivers or Eli Manning. And I used to always say Philip Rivers. Neither one of them should be in the Hall of Fame. My oh. my 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 criteria just evolved. Your over the Hall of Fame. Well, the only Hall of Fame they should go with. You know, this is real. These are professional athletes that are making a lot of money. We don't want to just put everybody in just because they played and you liked them and they played hard. You know, one of these days I'm going to have a list of current Hall of Famers and I'm going to, I'm going to, you're extending the whole take, table, but I can't imagine that list is going to be very long. Well, what I'm, I'm going to eliminate the ones that shouldn't be in there and I can only speak to what I know. So I can't, I can't go back in the sixties with you. I can't, I, okay. I don't know. Do they even have YouTube videos of players that played in the sixties? I can't do it. Probably. So, but it's it's not the same game, right? But I I got you got to be strict on this stuff, Angel. You know you got to be strict. I mean, it's, it's your Hall of Fame. You can make do whatever, whatever you, want, you want, right? My Hall of Fame is strict. My All Star situation is strict. Anthony Edwards came out, um, Minnesota Timberwolves, and said, "Yeah, it's not changing the way we played the All Star game. It's not changing. No, there's no more All Star game. I would get rid of it. I would at this point. I'd get rid of the whole thing." The players aren't going to go hard in this game. Do you blame them? No, but you could show, like, you can mock defense. Right, you can do a little more. You can stand in front of them. Like, yeah, not like, let Luka and Joker play catch 
down the court. Play play twenty one. See, I think more guys get hurt playing twenty one. That's a, that's a brutal game. That could be brutal sometimes. Sure, but Make them. You got to do something because it's it's not a good look. It doesn't. It's not entertaining to watch. Like, okay, you guys, we have we had a week of guys scoring sixty plus points. That was like tough to watch because yep. you're like, what is going right. on with the defense? Our defense is getting worse in the NBA, or are, yes. are we seeing players play better offensively? I think defenses are worse. I, I, I've gone back and forth with that. You know, 10 years ago, five years ago, I was really passionate about this argument. But there are times where guys just don't go. You know, they just don't go. Um, I don't like the argument of, well, they play better defense in college. They, college is so, they such don't a sporadic score. game. Like, they don't score like they do in the NBA, though. Right. Guys, like, I, there's some great college players. Like Isaiah Stevens, he's a great player. Those guys don't score at will like NBA players do. I mean, they can just Steph Curry. Some of the crazy shots he makes, you don't see that on a regular basis from a lot of college basketball players. But I will agree, defense has gotten a little, a little rough lately. I saw a theory the other day about uh, if you want to make defenses better in the NBA, get rid of the three second yeah, violation. Absolutely, you get rid of the three second violation. I, I would, I would remove that today because then you could have your big man just stay there. Like you know, elementary maybe school. you maybe you tighten it up though. They can't be like in that half circle, because then then you could just put Wimby there, and just hold his hand up over the rim. Oh, and then you bring back Jordan rules, and hey, go take out Wimby. You know he's hundred ten pounds. <laughs> I would say they the paint. You should still keep the defensive three seconds, but just tighten it up. You know, just put it. In that half circle, you can't be under the rim, like right in front of the rim. Sure. But you can be a foot outside of that, maybe. And I, th- I do think that it'd be harder to score. Mm-hmm. You know, guys guys go in and they're just great finishers now. I mean, they are. They're, just, they, they're taught now. You're going to get contact when you go to the rim. Finish. So they practice that all the time. Go get the foul. Finish. Get your and one. That's what we're teaching. And three-point shooting. Who who was it? Was it Spolstra? Whose philosophy was it? Uh, a while back, it was like we are only shooting threes, and and at the rim, we're not settling for anything in between. That's what a Nate Oates at Alabama. That's his. That's his philosophy. Like well, three points and at the rim. Yeah, and I think that there was a guy in the NBA. Maybe he's not around anymore, but that was his philosophy too. Let's read but some. Statistically, they're the two most efficient shots. Right. Don't bother taking a little free throw line extended jumper when it's all you got to do is take a step back, and that's three instead of two. Right. Or you get a chance at the end one if you go to the rim. He said, "Chris, NBA All Star Game possibly USA roster versus world roster." And you could try. It's it's about the effort the guys are showing. Well, would they would it mean more to American players to say, "Hey, we're going to put this to bed. We're going to beat." I mean, that would be entertaining. But the problem with that is you're not building a real All Star team. Why well, do you have European to go get guys from European? I think I think it would be a battle. I think they'd go at it, but they'd go hard, dude. Yeah, I think they'd like, go hard. Jokic wouldn't back down from that if I, he was playing with Luca and uh, Gobert and those types of guys. I think they'd go harder. In that game, than maybe even some of the regular season games, because now because that's a debate, and they're all well aware of this. Well aware of this debate now. Well, I mean, you, you know, when when Jokic goes plays Olympic ball with Serbia or whatever, you you see how seriously that's their oh, whole thing. Basketball dude. is their yeah sport. You're playing basketball, you're going to be really good at basketball. Yeah, 
Well, and the, 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 I like this idea, he said, Chris. I don't. It would never work though because they'd go too hard. There, there'd be chance of injury there. But the problem with that is, Angel. Now you're filling your All Star rosters. You're not. You're just filling it to fill it at this stage. Are there? What do they get? Ten on each side. Mm-hmm. Ten guys. Are there ten European players worthy of being an All Star? Are there Maybe ten? Not, but there's ten European players that are good enough. Are there ten American players that are worthy? Of being an all-star. Ten. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look at the roster. When you look at the two compiled rosters, did we have at least ten Americans and at least ten European players? Um, or, you know, yeah. Uh, let's read a couple of texts. Uh, Dixon, playing a game when there is even a small chance you could get hurt during the middle of the season is a bad idea. It is. I mean, there's still a chance in the game that they're playing now. True, but at least that game means something. I mean, like the All Star oh. game. Oh yeah, like you could. Oh, I'm gonna do a flimsy half effort layup. Oh, I landed. There's wrong a and chance, there goes my ankle. but if a guy's going hard at you on defense and fouls hard and you fall down, like then those kind of things are. What we saw, what we saw Sunday was an abomination of the game. And if that's all we're gonna do, and I don't blame. Again, I say it. I don't blame the players. I would do the same thing. Well, maybe. I don't know. But you're told to win a championship. That's what that's what we're asking these guys to do. That's how we're evaluating them. And so the idea of getting hurt in a meaningless game could keep you from getting a ring or setting up to have a, a, a fantastic finish of the regular season. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, 23 minutes after the hour. Lemons heating and cooling. We'll take care of that heater for you. Um, maybe you got that weird room. It's like, why does this temperature, it just, there's no consistency here. It's either too cold or too hot. Something's wrong with your heater, bro. Something's jacked up. Lemons Heating and Cooling, we'll take a look at it. They got free estimates available. Um, and then coming up in the summertime, they'll be ready to deal, deal with that air conditioner as well. That's lemonsheatingandcooling.com. Let's take a short break. We got Mark Johnson coming up. Mark's going to talk to us about the college football playoffs. Let's get into that. That was uh, confirmed yesterday, so it is a go. It's going to be uh, 5 plus 7. We'll see what Mark thinks about it. We'll be right back. Football season is over. It's all over. But college basketball is heating up. Hear UNC Bears hoops and Westwood One's coverage of college basketball and Northern Colorado's voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Hey Nugget fans, this is Coach Bowen of the Denver Nuggets, and you're listening to The Whole Show on 1310 KFKA. Well, now that's interesting, Angel. We, we come up with this. We got to do it, right? Team USA and Team versus the world. So what are we thinking here? Let's go world first. Luca's your point guard, correct? Sure. Shea, we putting it at uh, at two. Yes, he is Canadian. So we got he's in, so technically not. Is he US. an American citizen or is he still claiming his? Because like Joel Embiid became an American citizen, he's no longer the world. He's Team USA. You got to be fair here. We got to go with the legalities of the roster here. So we got to figure that out, but I would imagine Shea's there for now. So he's two. Um, uh, gosh, we're the same age. Gross. Uh, really? He's from Toronto, and he's still considered a Canadian. Yes. Okay. So you got Luca. You got Shea. Who's three? Because I got Giannis and Joker at four and five. 
Sure. Uh, three. Uh, so, can you put Sabonis at three? That's a big. That's. A, I mean, they're all going to be big. So you just put Sabonis there. Either Sabonis, uh, Porzingis. Yeah, I go Sabonis. Okay, let's go Sabonis. All right. So who's who's uh, Team USA? Is Steph Curry the best American point guard? Probably, still yes. okay. So who's who's two for Team USA? Tatum, I got at three. Kawhi? Yeah, Kawhi. Let's go Kawhi at two. I got Tatum at three. And Joel Embiid is at five. He's he's American. He's got his he became an American citizen. Right? So you gotta say that. Um Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant is four. You're gonna leave LeBron off this list? Who's he getting in over? Is he would you want LeBron over? This game. I mean, LeBron could play one through four. So you put LeBron at four? Maybe. I mean, and then you brought in Durant. I'd probably put Durant. You still got... You could maybe sub LeBron and Kawhi. You're leaving Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis off this list to put LeBron in. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with all three. So we go LeBron or we go... Or we go KD? I would put Durant, but you could probably swap out Kawhi with LeBron. Okay, take out Kawhi, put LeBron. Just because it's LeBron, and if he finds out that we didn't put him on a list... He'll be mad, because he doesn't want any praise. Right. Said he doesn't want to do a tour. He wants to go the way Tim Duncan did. Dude, you are the complete opposite of Tim Duncan. Like, the complete opposite. You absolutely want praise. Well, you beat him, too. Yeah. But still, he wanted... He he, already had four. He wanted... wanted, He's saying, should I just do what Tim Duncan did, and just quietly retire? Don't even do anything. No. You're LeBron James. You, You say you don't like the praise... Mr. Decision, Mr. Throw up the grippy stuff in the air before he won't every announce game. it. Like this is officially my last season, but he'll leak it oh. out, and we'll get the montages at every I, game and all that. I think he'll do the Coach K farewell tour. I think he'll do it, and I'm not saying it's wrong. No, he, it's, I mean, he deserves it, but he deserves it. He absolutely does. Who's winning that game? What's the spread? Luca, Shea, Sabonis, Giannis, Joker taking on Steph, LeBron, Tatum, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid. I think the world wins that one. Yeah, world wins that one. Let's get into that more. Uh, we will sidestep, though. College football playoffs, it's a done deal, man. It's going to be 5 plus 7 to get to our 12. Mark Johnson, the voice of the buffs, is going to talk to us about that. But first, let's get the latest on the local sports flash. This is Sefa Lufau, former Colorado Buffaloes quarterback, and you're listening to the whole show on 1310 KSKA. <laughs> Thirty-four minutes after the twelve o'clock hour, and man, it's you know it's been a busy month of sports talk. We got a lot of fun basketball happening. We've the Super Bowl was highly entertaining. The playoffs were highly entertaining. All these interesting stories coming out on a daily basis. We had the big CSU stuff coming out on Monday. That was wild. Uh, but I'm really excited about this now that it's official. The college football playoffs. The way we're going to be doing this. The five plus seven deal. Mark Johnson, the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, set to join us here. Mark, um, how do you feel? I don't know if I've ever just directly asked you. How do you feel about the expansion of the college football playoffs? Well, if we have to have a playoff, I like it. If we didn't have to have a playoff, I didn't mind 
the you know kind of selecting to and the voters determining it. I I, I had no issue with that. Um, and I, the reason I say that is this, because there is something that is special about and unique about the bowl system. Okay, and so I, I enjoyed that. Now with what we're doing with the playoffs, it is decreasing the importance of the bowl system. So at some point in time, there's going to be a tipping point where it's going to affect that greatly, if not totally eliminate it. And so if you have to make a change, let's expand. You know, I, my history, and you well know this, Brady, my history was back uh, in 1AA football. I did Illinois State for a number of years uh, early on. I was involved in the 1AA playoffs, and they've been doing this for a long time with 16 teams. And so it works perfectly fine. And so it, it's it's we're able to do it, but because of the bowl system, there was pushback. And so, you see, fans need to understand the two aren't compatible, right? This this hybrid existence we're going to have with twelve teams in the playoffs and still some bowl games really doesn't work. Uh, they'll maintain it as long as they can, but I think ultimately that probably goes away. Well, and you make an interesting point too, because. If you do get rid of the bowl games, then there goes the carrot for every team outside of those 12. And let's face it, we know that the 12, Mark, are save for one group of five champ until we get a a new conference coming in. I don't know. But pretty much 11 teams are going to be power four schools. They're going to be the big wig schools, so you're going to get one one team. So if you do eliminate the bowls, then there goes the carrot for all the group of five schools. Without question. And so... So you know, let's say you're you're a you're not playing uh, at a champ- conference championship level, but you're having a nice season. You go eight and four, right? Uh, well, what what happens in the bowl system? Everyone gets at eight and four. You're going to a pretty nice bowl game, and there's excitement around that, and there's opportunity, and fans get to travel, and it's around the holidays, and all these different things. And I know we got to the point where the bowl schedule, in terms of number of bowls, was getting kind of silly. I mean, when you when you're getting into what do we have recently? Like fifty or something? Yeah, I mean, some huge number. And I, maybe we've expanded it beyond where it should have been. But you know, I think if you you know out of one hundred and thirty, what do we got? One hundred thirty-three or whatever it is, one A football teams right now. If you've got forty of them going to a bowl game, okay. Uh, I think that's a nice number. If you've got 50 going, now you got 25 bowl games. I think that's a nice number. You know, 40 is a third of the teams in the country, and, and so uh, I think that there's there's reason to appreciate that. But then again, you and I have had these conversations about what we're doing to college athletics. We're making it more professional than we are college, which takes away the uniqueness of what college football is and what makes it unique from the NFL and what makes it special. And I think we're limiting a lot of that as we continue down this path. Well, and and I mean, I know you. You saw the news, and I hate to bring up the enemy to you, Mark Johnson, but yep. you know Colorado State uh, moving on from Joe Parker, at least as yep. their AD, they bring in for the interim right now. But we'll see. This is the guy that started their collective. He is Mister NIL. So um, I thought that was a very interesting move. That just goes to show you, at least what Colorado State's thinking. Maybe a lot of schools in the in the country are thinking. We're going to get our, our next athletic director is going to be business first, sports second, um, with an emphasis on the NIL. Well, and, and what this is, Brady, is just a continuation. Okay, there was a time in college athletics, and everybody that's, that's a little bit older understands this. The athletic director was always the retired football or men's basketball coach. That's generally where they came from. Now, now there were advantages to that. When it came to coaching hires, for example, coaches know coaches. They know other coaches. They can make phone calls and find out about this man or this woman out there and, and how good they are, what is thought about them in the coaching circles. Well, then what do we do? 
Then the athletic director started coming from marketing and fundraising, and we've seen a lot of that. You know, think uh, Mike Bone, for example, was a, was a prime example of that, who was in that end of, of uh, college athletics. Um, and, and then, you know, at, at CU, let's, let's stick with CU since I know them best, then Rick George comes from the sports sponsorship uh, promotion world because he was involved with Major League Baseball. He was involved with with uh, the PGA Tour. And so, you know, we've seen this transition coming over the course of time. And so I'm not shocked. It may be see, seem new to all of us uh, that, you know, you see all of a sudden, in this case, an interim athletic director who comes from the NIL world. Well, to me, it's just the next logical step of where all this is coming from. It shows you the importance or what seems to be or what's thought to be importance in, in college athletics and where they think the focus is going to be. Now, the next question is going to be this. So if, if you start to see some of these moves from the NIL world into the administrative world of college athletics, then when this thing goes finally over the edge and we have uh, unionization and we have revenue sharing, are we just going to see people brought in maybe from from the television world who have been negotiating these contracts or organized labor, or what's that going to look like? Because obviously the, the job uh, focus is going to change a little bit, so the job description is going to be a little bit different. So this is just that continuing evolution of what we're seeing in college athletics. Now, I, I think it's a great point, and it is fascinating, though, to see it. All the things you bring up when you just look at the um, the way the athletic director position has evolved just over the years where you go with what the need is. And right now, yep. I mean, Mark... Two years ago, it was like, what's NIL? This is interesting. This could be bad. I don't know. Now, it's the number one thing. Would you agree that this is – got to have this right before you do everything else? It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and I don't think – here's why I don't think it's healthy. Um, and I understand it's the reality. So, so you folks out there, if you think this is just Mark Johnson being an old guy, get off my lawn. That's not what this is. Here's why I don't think it's healthy. Because right now, it's not based on anything. Okay? And what I mean by that is it's not based on merit. When you go to the NFL or Major League Baseball or NBA, it's based on merit. Yes, there is a graduated uh, rookie salary cap that you jump into, but everything then beyond that is based on merit. You gain then because I have performed. Well, that's not what this is. Now you've got circumstances where, let's say in the football world, a young man gets contacted by an institution. We want to bring you on campus for a visit. And the kid says, that'll be ten grand. Ten grand for what? Well, yeah. What's the merit here? Now, you've been a good player. We understand that. But we're not sure you can even play at this level. And then you get to a college campus, and they just hand you, you money. Think of this for a second. Arch Manning. We don't know if he can play at this point in time. I don't know. I know he's got a great name. I know he's got a wonderful quarterback history in his family, but I don't know if he can play at this level. But for two years now, it looks like, he's going to make somewhere between 2 and $4 million sitting behind Quinn Ewers as the starting quarterback at Texas. It's not based on anything. I mean, think of this for a second. I know people out there going, what, are you kidding me? It's, uh, he's Manning. He's going to be phenomenal. Really? You think Bronny James might be a mm. similar type of case study? Yeah. Because Bronny James right now is an extremely average player uh, in college basketball. That's not going to be probably on the all-freshman team in the Pac-12. And so we're not giving this anymore on merit. We're just giving it because, well, here I am. Give me my money. And that's what it's based on, which is why I can't continue. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll be really curious to see what happens in the next two, three years of how this 
tightens up a bit because um, it's it is out of control. And I think that that's what you're seeing with with schools now. They're getting desperate, so they go after. And I'm not saying you know this guy named John Weber is a desperate move. I'm just saying they're desperate to figure out yeah. nil. So I got to bring somebody in that knows what the heck he's doing when it comes to name, image, and likeness. Well, and let's be real honest about it. This is not a, a negative comment about the gentleman up at CSU. Sure, okay? in any way, shape, or form. Um, when we say we bring somebody in that knows what they're doing in NIL, nobody knows what they're doing in NIL. Yeah. It's a brand new world that we're all blindly kind of walking through. Now, there are people that might have a, a background in, in fundraising, there, you know, those kind of things, but let's not all pretend that we fully understand how NIL works and what it's all about because there are no real set rules. Everything is just wide open, and everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And so, you know, there are there are no experts in NIL right now. There are people that think they know what they're doing and maybe have a little bit of an idea coming from a fundraising background. But really, NIL is an undefined world we're in right now that nobody fully understands. We're just all doing it. And so, you know, this is the old line we hear about government all the time, right? When in, when in question, just throw more money at it. That's essentially what we're doing right now in NIL. Uh, we, we're not exactly sure, but we'll just throw more money at it and see what happens. Yeah, well, and, you know, you, I, I was hearing, uh, you know, the story a couple of weeks ago or months ago or whatever about the CSU quarterback who was fine. You know, he's fine, but there was a rumor that somebody offered him 600000 to leave Colorado State. So I'm like, Crazy. if that, if, if BFN can get that, then, yes. then everybody is on the table. Right. No, no. It, it's, and think about that. I mean, the overvalue, uh, overvaluing of these players. Now, now again, he was he was a fine player, but but really, six hundred thousand dollars that just goes you right there shows, just shows you right there, buddy. It's not based on merit; it's based on oh my goodness, we need a quarterback. We're going to just throw money and see who we can get. And so that what ends up happening then, and here's here's the flip side of this, is then that the donors out there and the boosters that are doing this. At some point, they're very smart women and men who are in the world of business and have made money because they're smart and they work hard and all the things you need to, to be successful. At some point, they go, wait a minute, what, what, what am I doing here? How come I given $2 million last year and the guy we brought in really wasn't that very good of a quarterback and the offensive tackle we brought in wasn't that good? So what, what exactly am I doing here? Why am I d-? And see, there is no connection. You'll get folks that will say, you know, uh, this is like, like the NFL. No, 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 it's not, no. Uh, when they start getting endorsement deals uh, in the NFL, that's outside of the salary which brings them to the franchise to play football in this case. And, and so it's not the same as what we're seeing in the, in the professional ranks. This is, right now you've just got this open bidding for no reason at all other than the fact that I need somebody to play that position, and we're just throwing enormous amounts of money at it. And It's not based on merit. It's based on need and panic, in my view. And so uh, that, that's why I say this can't continue and be – uh, have a solid foundation under it because it's not a system that can that can withstand any any force, if you will. Mark Johnson joining us, the voice of the Buffs. Mark, um, with a guy like Tad Boyle, um, does is he having fun anymore? I mean, I know they love basketball, but I was reading no. a story the other day. I can't remember where it was from. A listener sent it to us, and it was like a football coach, but he was talking about all the other million things he's doing now before he even gets to football. Now, the sport is is so secondary. Oh, there's no doubt. I go back to that great quote by Gino Oriema, the Hall of Fame coach at UConn, uh, and it came out just a few weeks ago. What he said, and I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase the quote, it was something along the lines, it's impossible to work through the way the system is set up because right now the student athlete owes us nothing and we owe them everything. So, and what I mean by that is, you know, when you look at professional sports, there's a contract. 
So I'm committed. Look, look at the Russell Wilson thing we got going on right now, right? That player's committed to the Denver Broncos, and if they release him, they owe him. We understand it because they've, they've negotiated and come to an agreement. But if you have no agreement, there's nothing keeping me here. You know, I've got a contract with Learfield, for goodness sakes, okay? Uh, I, I work for them. We've got an agreement. If I'm going to break that contract, there are penalties for me that I have to endure. There are no penalties for student-athletes right now. They can just willy-nilly. I jump from one school to the other, and I've told you before, what's coming down the pike, you're going to be some, there's going to be IRS issues, there's going to be gambling issues, and nobody is going to graduate. You're going to have a decreased number of, of uh, student-athletes graduating because all they're doing is jumping from one school to another, and no one's really paying attention. All they're saying is, can we get you in? Okay, we got you in. Let's just make sure you're eligible this semester. And then a young man or young woman jumps someplace else, and by the time all of a sudden they get through their eligibility, and nobody was really overseeing them, help, helping them through this to make sure that they get to the point where they can graduate. And so that's another ugly story that's going to be coming out here in the next couple of years in college athletics. Yeah, I think you and I have had these conversations a lot. Um, you know, get ready. It's probably only going to get a little uh, more wild as we progress here. Mark, what time do you get rock and roll? A couple days away still. Yep. See you going up against Utah. I mean, the Buffs pretty much, Mark, at this stage, you, you, they got to go on a heck of a run, an epic run here. Well, I, I'm not sure. You know, Epic might be overstating it, but I, what, I, what I'm saying is this. I think they need to run the table at home, so there's three. You've got Utah on Saturday at 7 o'clock, 6.30 with the pregame. And then you've got uh, the Bay Area schools the following week coming to town. Run the table. I think uh, a split may do it on the final two road games against Oregon. Sweep would certainly put them in a very nice position. So, um, you know, I, I guess that's a five-game winning streak. I don't know if that's epic or not, but it certainly would be a substantial winning streak for them. And then you go to Las Vegas and, and see what you can do there. But, um, you know, they're, they're still a very good team. Uh, they've, they've had their injury issues, which have hurt them terribly this season. And, uh, you know, they needed that game on Saturday with a two-overtime uh, victory over USC. They got it. And so now let's see what happens. But, yeah, Saturday, uh, Utah in town, 7 o'clock tip, and uh, 6.30 with the pregame of the network. Is there a number in your head that you see, hey, uh, you, you got to win these regular season games, you got to win a couple of games maybe, or a game in the tournament, in the Pac-12 tournament? I don't um, know. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure if a number does it. Because, you know, if, if you go through this scenario I just laid out, let's say they split on the road against the Oregon schools, that gets into, what, 21. They'd be a 21 and 10, I guess if my math is correct, going to Vegas. That's a pretty impressive record. I think if they're 22-9, and nine, that puts them in a little bit better position. And then, you know, if you get there and win a couple of ball games, put it this way, you're making a strong argument. I've got – I know Lenardi had them this morning as the, in the last – four out, or was the second four? I can't remember. But anyway, they're on the outside looking in. I've got two more guys I know that are prognosticators for that, and both guys after the win on Saturday texted me and said they're back in. So wow. at, at this point, you know, at this point, who knows? Listen, we understand Joe Lenardi's got to put something out almost every single day, <laughs> and he needs to generate interest, and so, you know, it, it makes for great conversation. But if they do what you and I just talked about, I think they've got a very good argument. Now, does that mean they're in? No, but I think you've got a very good argument. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be tuning in, Mark. We'll be listening, my friend, and we'll look to catch up with you next week. Hey, by the way, if there's anybody out there, your listeners, that uh, would like to sign me to a no-merit NIL deal, I'm ready for it. So <laughs> hey, when you get one of those, let me know. Let's partner up I, I on will. this, Mark. We could I, be millionaires. I love it, man. <laughs> All, All right, right man. Mark Johnson, the voice of the Buffs. I love it. Very insightful. This is a guy that's in these conversations. He hears so many different things um, when it comes to the NCAA. All right, let's take a quick break here. I'm going to wrap up hour number two. We got buy or sell coming up. Cody Tucker going to join us. 
Is Jeff Linders, is his seat getting hot there in Wyoming? He got tossed last night, and he made some interesting comments about the show. Fan turnout. Does the administration get tired of that kind of stuff, or do they need it more? Let's talk to Cody about that in the final hour of the program. It's a whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. Basketball is here, and Bruce is having a ball. Listen to Coach Bruce Dick on Coach Speak. Weekdays at 10 on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This is Krista Matteo, your UNC women's basketball coach. And you are listening to the whole show, 1310 KFKA. Got this text from Aaron. Wanted to make sure I hit it. Very thoughtful text. Very good text. The Hooligans Angel have picked up their games, their game over the years. I mean, they bring me insightful texts, things that get me thinking. And I love that. So if you guys want to be a part of the show, I want you to be. First Advantage text line is 888-530-0043. It's a three-hour show every day. I can do this show on my head, but I would rather... Bring in insightful stuff from the hooligans. I would rather this be your forum, too, to have these conversations. But, you know, that's up to you. So, I like this text from you. I think if college football was to keep the bowl system, the bowl game system, respectfully, they need to drop half the games and change the number of wins to get into eight and actually stand firm on the number of wins it takes to get into a bowl game. Uh, to make it, yeah, I mean, it is weird, Angel. We're rewarding a 500 team every year. We reward how many 500 teams? I mean, how many six-win bowl teams are there typically? Ten? Ten plus? Maybe around ten or so. Yeah. Ten teams get a postseason game for winning half of your game. If you move it to eight, I mean, that knocks out the buffs pretty much. Oh, yeah, buffs are done. They're cooked. Their goose is cooked. Nobody's believing in that. Uh, See, It'd be less bowl games, but it's going to be more competitive bowl games. But bowls suffer... Less than the 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 record of the teams, it's more from the amount of opt outs and transfers at that at that point. You're right. The bowl like, game, the game itself. Florida State Georgia should have been a great matchup, and right. it was sixty three to three. The game itself is not fun. It's just the getting into the bowl game. It's just getting to it. Oh, that's what you got to do. So I I don't um, see it. I like the idea of just making all the playoff game bowl games, but the problem with that Angel is you're never going to get any group of five. You're only getting only 12 teams will get to experience. And 12 teams, some of them are playing in multiple bowl games. So I do see the flaw in my argument on that. Well, the way they have it said is if you if you get all the way through to the championship, you would play in two bowl games. Yeah. Two named New Year's Six bowl games. Right. And so the idea of making the first round just a bunch of bowl games too, and yeah, you could typically, you could potentially play in three. Bowl games. So it, it does make it unfair. It does. And only one team's got a shot, realistically, every year to 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 be in a bowl game then. If, if the bowl games just went away and you made it to the playoffs, which is why my idea would work. Every conference champ gets a seat at the table, gets in the playoffs, and then the, there's your bowl season. There's your bowl season. So you can't say it's not possible. You're one of the best teams in college football. There you go. Uh, final hour coming up. We're getting to buy or sell. In the final hour of the program, it's the whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 at 1310 KFKA.